0: Episode 51, Homo Sapiens Serenissimus, Our Evolutionary Future with Tony Muscoff. Most religious traditions have the notion of some kind of spiritually more advanced beings. These beings are usually surrounded by mystical and mythical ideas, putting them far beyond the reach of us mere mortals. Angels, avatars, Buddhas, Jesus, gods and demigods are all terms for such beings, often tied up in oppressive religious dogmas. A more rational study of multidimensionality allows us to understand that, as per usual, these different traditions contain partial truths hidden underneath their cultural distortions. There are different evolutionary stages to consciousness, and as some consciousnesses move forward in their growth, they do indeed start to seem godlike, and totally unlike us. But once we appreciate that we are also on an evolutionary trajectory, we begin to see that these advanced states of consciousness are our own future. The evolutionary stages of consciousness are a big research focus in Consensiology, which proposes a model of different steps that we move through on our way to the top. And I'm putting top here in air quotes, because we have to assume that there are other stages beyond what we can currently grasp. At the pinnacle of this model of stages that we can currently grasp is a category of consciousnesses called Homo sapiens serenissimus in consensiology. These consciousnesses are fully aware of the fact that they are in their last physical incarnations and are entirely committed to providing assistance to all of us. My guest today to discuss this evolutionary stage is Tony Muskopf, a psychologist, facilitator and writer. Tony has a master degree in Peace and Conflict Studies, and for over 30 years he has studied, run workshops and published his research findings in consensiology. His main focus of study is Serenology, which is the study of the Homo sapiens Serenissimus. Tony is currently a volunteer for the international project BiblioAfrica. I first met Tony back in 1997 when I started studying Conscienciology in Rio de Janeiro. And since then, our life journeys have taken us both to Australia, with Tony now living in Cairns. It was a real pleasure to speak about this important topic with my evolutionary colleague, and I hope you get a lot from this conversation. Towards the end, Tony shares a technique he has developed to help him understand the workings of the Homo sapiens serenissimus. I definitely encourage you to stick around for that practical explanation. Finally, I would like to put out an appeal to you. As you will hear, identifying and studying living Homo sapiens serenissimus is not easy, as one of their key attributes is anonymity. And yet... If you are a student and explorer of multidimensionality, it is entirely possible that you've had some encounters with one, either in or outside the body. If you think you may have, I would love to hear from you uh, on the email provided in the show notes. And before we dive in, the usual reminder, don't believe in anything, including what we talk about here. Experiment, research, and come to your own conclusions. Tony, hey, thanks for joining me today, and I'm really looking forward to talking with you about your research on the Homo sapiens serenissimus.
1: Thank you very much, Kim. It's a pleasure for me to discuss this uh, complex subject in conscientiology, and uh, I'm more than happy to, to go ahead, and, and perhaps um, we have more questions than answers regarding this subject, you know? because the serenissimus is a very uh, advanced and transcendent uh, issue in Conscientiology. So thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, right? there is It is incredibly complex, and, um, uh, and we will probably end up with more questions than answers in a way, but uh, those are questions are... Uh, Uh, I think, really old in a way. Like, you know, we we talk about, you just mentioned the Homo sapiens serenissimus is an advanced concept in consensiology, which I think is true. And it's, the consensiology approach is kind of unique, but the concept of some kind of uh, consciousnesses, some kind of beings who are in some way, you know, more advanced uh, than others, you know, like, Things like a Buddha or an avatar, or uh, that kind of concept seems to have been around for a long time. And so, I'm curious maybe to start with, you could just explain for people who, are, who don't even know what we're talking about right now with the Homo sapiens serenissimus um, what that concept, what that term refers to. And then, I'd be curious about your thoughts about how to place that idea, how it's developed in consensiology, in the kind of historic context of notions about some kind of advanced consciousnesses.
1: Okay, yeah, let's start with the theory. So the theory of the Homo Sapiens Serenissimus was created by uh, Professor Valdo Vieira. Uh, Professor Valdo Vieira was the founder of the Conscientiology Science. He was a Brazilian researcher. And this theory was created uh, in 1970. Actually, he organized a few years later uh, event in a university in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where he officially presented this theory uh, for uh, a body of uh, researchers. And that was the first like official launch of this, this theory. Uh, But the the name Serenissimus, it's a bit curious to know the history behind this name because Professor Valdo, actually, he had a very like, uh, or uh, um, he accumulated a lot of -of out-of-the-body experience over his life. And he found in some of these experiences uh, the existence of high evolutionary level of consciousness, as you mentioned. So actually, this is not a a new concept, the idea of a highest level of, or more mature consciousness of beings. uh, We see this in the history from different perspectives, from religions, from philosophical, ideological perspectives. But actually from Vieira's point of view, The Serenissimus is uh, a consciousness like you, like me, like everybody else. Uh, Even um, it's important to mention that this consciousness, it's a human being, a man, a woman. So um, they are here in this interphysical dimension. But the name, the nickname uh, Serenissimus, which means... Uh, um a person who has a huge level of serenity so that, that's that's the the, the reason behind of, of the name so he professor Vieira, he um um get in contact with this name for the first time in an extra physical dimension he was uh out of his body um it was if i'm not wrong around 1976. Uh, 1970, the 60s, actually, uh, in Sao Paulo, and where he was like, uh, seeing a crowd of extra physical consciousness, uh, running away, and they were shouting the name, the Serenissimus is coming, the Serenissimus is coming. So uh, he saw a lot of uh, extra physical consciousness running like a crazy, and try to, to flee from some kind of big power or some kind of a uh, 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 strange uh, 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 presence of somebody, and suddenly he saw a, a personality approaching with an incredible power of energy. And this personality was communicating uh, with telepathy a strong message of fraternity and serenity. And uh, this personality was like uh, uh, floating or flying it was not like she was not like walking it was a a, a woman uh, she was not walking like us she was like uh, uh, flying and she was passing through this dimension this astrophysical dimension close to the city of sao paulo and um, she was like cleaning and energizing everything around her presence so that was the first time he Uh, Professor Valdo heard that name, and he uh, used this name to to create and then build the theory around the Homo sapiens serenissimus. Um, So in other words, the the serenissimus is uh, our future. We human beings are evolving. We uh, are evolving for millennia, for millions of years. Just, just, just so,
0: before, just before we go there, Tony. I just there's a couple okay. of things from that story that you shared that that kind of really interest me. Um, the first is just a short one, just for listeners. But I think that story that that experience is that in um, Professor Vieira's Projections of Consciousness book.
1: Is no, we- this is another experience. He ah. didn't publish these experiences in a, in a book. He he told this experience a couple of times during events, and he mentioned just fragments of these experiences of this experience uh, in in his books. Actually, the 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 experience you mentioned um, um, in the Projections of Consciousness book is is with Monja. Yeah, it's the uh, Serenissimus. Uh, that now she is not, no longer like in the interphysical dimension, um, and we can talk later about her. But um, so this was a different one. Yeah. Yes, it's a different one. It's a different experience, and it is important to say that Professor Valdo is not the only person that have already um, approached and interview and, and saw this kind of consciousness. There are like other researchers. But serenology, which is the science that study the Serenissimus, it's a almost brand new field in conscientiology. Mm-hmm. Despite of this theory being launched in 1970, uh, we are just doing the baby steps, the first steps in, in learning and how to like research these high evolved yeah. uh, personalities.
0: Yes, and I'm really curious to get to that later because I know that is what your research focus, right? That's why we're talking today. But, but the other thing, so, so yeah, how to do that, I think is really interesting um, because maybe those are tools that we can all use if we want to understand our evolutionary future better. But the other thing that you mentioned that I found intriguing is um, you said in that, that the, the consciousnesses were scared or they were running away and they were calling out, they were kind of like panicking. And and so maybe uh, you know what, you could explain a bit why would consciousnesses why would people be as scared of somebody coming with what you described as this fraternal peaceful loving energy?
1: Yes, this is look the, the Serenissimus is full of paradoxes. So one of them is exactly what we can see in that Professor Valdo's experiences. The energy of the serenissimus is something unresistible. Uh, Once you touch or you you approach this level of this pattern of energy, uh, it's a kind of a contagion sense or feeling of fraternity. Your mind expands and you see at this point the reality of your own consciousness. So this leads us to a self-investigation uh, and it puts us in a kind of moment that you need to face our corruptions, our immaturities, and it forces us to change. It forces us to make like a lot of revolutions in our own lives. So when this personality was approaching that um um tropospherical which is like a, a non-evolved dimension astrophysically close to to the city of Sao Paulo, that consciousness were those consciousness were uh running away, fleeing from the these um they are fleeing from the, the the possibility of being like uh face these realities face the challenge of uh research and change themselves because most of them are uh, linked to negative traits, uh, vicious, pathological behaviors, and look, the serenissimus is not the personality that want to change or force changes in terms of that. This is an option that relies on each each one of us, you know. Um, but um, at this point, the those those astrophysical consciousness saw this level of energy and they they tried simply to escape from from their responsibility of change themselves so that's why they are running they are trying to escaping from 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 the astrophysical presence of the serenissims.
0: so it was you know, too, con- too confront right? too confronting so the, the the energy the the difference of their own hollow their own level of thinking and feeling was too, there was too much dissonance between that and that yes. carried by the Serenissimus.
1: Yes, I can give you a kind of example, so you can think the gap between of the evolutionary level from the Serenissimus and ourselves, normal or, or vulgar human beings. And let's say that uh, we, we can think about ourselves and the apes or, or mammals or, or other animals. For example, let's imagine that we are in Africa, in a savanna, and we want to help a lion or an elephant that has any like uh, disease or any problem. So if we human beings try to approach this animal, um, he's going to to be afraid of our presence because he... Uh, the animal won't be able to understand that we are there to actually help them, you know, to protect them or even save their lives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, this is this uh, confrontation is from the zoological for the animal perspective. And from the serenismus perspectives, uh, uh, we are animals. We are like low, lower evolved. We have like a lower level of. Uh, understanding about the evolutionary system and uh, we can react in that way. So this is a natural reaction when you see like a huge gap or a huge difference between evolutionary levels of consciousness.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it's like somebody offering you help and you're like, no, I don't want that help. I want to do it my own way, even though that would be very painful and take you much longer.
1: Yeah. Another example is, uh, for example, I work as a psychologist in Brazil and here in Australia for many years. And um, look, we we go to a lot of communities and we support a lot of families that are facing multiple problems, from domestic violence, drugs, uh, uh, mental health issues, and even if you have like a lot of options, tools, resource, multi-professional teams to help and try to change these realities, at the end of the day, this is a decision of each one, of each family, of each parent, of each person to change their reality. And sometimes or in some cases, you are not welcome, even if you have the best intention ever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but this is just a, like a, a, a simple idea. In terms of the Serenismus. this is much, much more complex, you know, because the, the difference, the gap between the, those consciousnesses are much higher. And uh, it, it's, it's another paradox because they are among us. They are living among us. They are consciousness. They are like us human beings. Uh, they can be like our neighbors They can deliver your parcel uh, on your door, you know. You can meet them in the supermarket, at the streets. They are pretty close and living among among us, but we cannot uh, notice them. They are giants hidden among darkness. So we are uh, living uh, uh, alongside with these persons, with this consciousness, without noticing them. So uh, this level of um, camouflage or anonymous uh, condition they they sustain, it's also another paradox of the, the Serenissimus.
0: So, yeah, so giants among dwarves, and you mentioned a few times that there is this huge gap between us and the Serenissimus. Maybe you could explain a bit what is this gap constituted of? You know, what does it mean to have this gap, I and mean, in what ways um, does it show up? What 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 traits, I guess, what elements of their personality or attributes are so different from that of um, us as a regular human?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, um, a interesting question because. Uh, when we start studying the, the traits, or we use a word in Conscientiology that it's the strong traits or the strong traits, sorry, the strong, the mega strong traits, which is the positive characteristics, characteristics, the potentials, the skills a person uh, has. So the Serenissimus, they have uh, multiple positive characteristics. Uh, for example, the, the first one is the, their evolutionary level. They, as as we, we discussed before, they are in the final stages of the evolutionary journey in, on this planet. So in a few lives, they will uh, become we, something that we call free consciousness, so they won't need to be reborn anymore like us. So they are in the last stages or the last moments of the cycle of life and death of, or the reincarnation, if you prefer to use like a common word for that. So this is one of the main characteristics of these this Serenissimi uh, personalities they are like reaching the highest level or the evolutionary level uh, in the human in the the, the humanity uh, and the planet. So soon they won't be among us anymore because they will jump to another uh, uh, cycle of evolution. They will become like free consciousness. they they no longer, uh, we need to, to have a body, a physical body, a physical life, and even astrophysical extra physical life uh, like us, uh, normal human beings, because they're just going to live with a mental body, which is like a body more subtle and advanced. So this is one of the characteristics of the, the serenissimus. And um, look, another one is the, the serenity itself. Um the, the emotional reaction, they don't have it anymore. They don't have like toxic or or ups and downs in terms of emotional reactions. Um, if you get in contact with um the olotocene, which means the 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 vibes of this personality, you can feel yourself like in a kind of a spring season your own energies start like getting like higher and very positive because they are um unshakable no one can annoy them and even if you go to um if, if even if they go to places uh, like we we said before in sao paulo in a, in a metropolis or a yeah. capital city or even if uh, if you go to a place like more, uh, more- Yeah, a war zone. For example, we are seeing like Ukraine now with all these conflicts going on in Europe. The Serenissimus is able to go to visit a war zone and help uh, uh, civilians, the military troops or whoever in places like that. And the the Serenissimus is able to... Uh, understand the suffering and all this madness of a war and be in that environment without uh, uh, suffer and without be affected by these pathological behaviors, you know, and be able to help these uh, personalities that are in, in, in this kind of place. So they are not insensitive persons. Actually, uh, actually they are in the opposite situation. They are very empathetic. Mm -hmm. They can understand you. They can make a connection and synchronize their own feelings with other living beings and help them in terms of uh, um, uh, with their serenity. So serenity is another level of uh, another characteristic of the serenismism. They have like um, they they have no self conflict anymore. They are at peace with themselves. They understand the humanity from a multidimensional perspective. Uh, and as I mentioned, the example of the lion in the savanna, they understand <clears throat> our instinctive uh, reactions, our animalized behaviors and they simply they don't suffer with Mm -hmm. that because they know that you are not uh, mature like them and like they actually want to help and share their knowledge and their uh, uh, wisdom in terms of try to catalyze or make our evolution better and and quicker you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. that's the, the the main reason of them and uh, you know it's interesting
0: when you are talking. It's kind of a bit like us and them, right? You're talking like they are like this, and they understand, you know, us almost like we are like an animal or some other kind of species. But you know, as you're talking, I, I guess my sense is that the reason the the reason they are able, somebody who's a serenissimus is, is able to fully empathize with you know the people in the war zone, both the victims and the perpetrators the people that are suffering and the people that are inflicting the suffering is because they themselves have been through all of those stages as part of their evolution. And I'm assuming are fully aware of, you know, there's a memory, there's an active memory at that stage of their own multi-existential history, I'm assuming. So I guess it goes back to what you were saying earlier, that that is our future, right? That is our future reality.
1: Yeah, and look, everybody has a level of serenity uh, nowadays, right now, you know, because we are a kind of seeds of serenissimus now. We are just doing the first steps. And one day, you, Kim, myself, everybody will reach and will get and leave this level this evolutionary level, this is a matter of time. So, for example, nowadays, it's important to think about how we react in terms of uh, uh, crazy things that you see in the society. For example, this Ukrainian war, the climate change challenges, uh, things like that, you know? So, uh, the way we react react uh, from this... Uh, um situations the circumstances show us how serene how fratern how evolved we are in terms of the serenissimus it, it's a it's a way to compare and see how big is the gap we have nowadays uh but th- that's the, the main idea mm. uh the the comparison between human beings and mammals uh it's a good way to understand this gap you know um you can think uh, from the other way. We can think, for example, if you talk to your cat or to your dog at home or any pet you have at home and try to explain to the, to, to this animal uh, some uh, complex ideas, some abstract ideas, you you won't be able to do that. And the cat would, won't be able, the dog will be able to uh, express or talk or develop a logical thinking about their own lives at the moment. So this communication, it's uh, this gap of communication, can uh, help us to understand this gap between both uh, serenismus and ourselves.
0: Mm. Yeah, okay. that's a very good point. Yeah. So one thing that I, I makes me wonder when you have this gap, right? This big um, sort of evolutionary gap is how do we avoid idolizing the serenissimus or sort of putting them on a pedestal which i think is essentially what has been happening historically right that you you have you have these these in religions you have the angels you have the buddhas you have whatever the different traditions are these beings that are described literally as otherworldly as beyond our reach you know one has to bow down to them um yeah, what is? How do we avoid doing the same thing now with the Homo sapiens serenissimus?
1: Well, I think this is a task for both of us, uh, pre-serenissimus, which are us, which are us, and the serenissimus. So, from the serenissimus point of view, they have already decided to do something to avoid these tree or to become like myths, gurus or even gods, you know, as you can see in the history, because the beliefs, the religion, uh, uh, dogmas are not something needed for us anymore. If you want to live a rational, logical um, and more like uh, evolved way of life, we don't need this, this, this uh, structure of thinking anymore. But from the uh, Serenissimus point of view, they have already decided to camouflage, to hide themselves from us, because they know that most of the population, the humanity uh, is not ready for understand the Serenissimi uh, or the theory of the almost Sapiens Serenissimus yet, because of all of these religions and beliefs we have on earth at the moment. So they are anonymous uh, and this is one of the most complex traits of the Serenissimus. They use a kind of social camouflage. Uh, they, they look like a normal face in the crowd. So this is an interphysical way they found to keep going, to do their jobs, to work in terms of uh, a, a huge level of assistance and um, um, at the same time live their lives because if they are men, women, children, the elderly, young people here living here and they have like huge responsibilities in terms of helping their humanity, um, they need to uh, use this kind of social camouflage to keep going to live their lives, you know what I mean? But so, um, so, so how
0: does how does a person who is anonymous? Because when we think about people with huge responsibilities and with you know making doing big assistance, we tend to think of prominent people, people who run big charities or people who you know have a, have have multi billion dollar businesses and can make giant donations or something. So so how does an anonymous person who might be your Amazon delivery driver or whatever you know your colleague in the office? How do they make a big contribution to to assistance and helping millions of people?
1: Well, this works in terms of multi-dimensional um assistance. This is not only an interphysical assistance. For example, uh, let's imagine that uh let's imagine that um a cleaner uh that works in the Pentagon corridors. Uh, This professional uh, can be a a serenissimo. He can work there among um, multiple military leaders in Washington, in the Pentagon. And by using the energy and by using their multidimensional assistance, uh, this person can work behind the scenes to try to de-escalate decisions that can lead to a more complex and crisis in terms of military crisis worldwide, you know what I mean? So they use the energy, the basis or the the source of the assistance provided by the Serenissimus is energy. So they are located in, in places, institutions, or even in in places linked to uh, hotspots of uh, bioenergies, and they are able to collect, accumulate, and concentrate these energies and spread this fraternity and this positiveness to the people that actually are the leaders in the intraphysical dimension and they can like uh, inspiring people. They can helping scientists. They can help the physical or the interphysical leaders that they are like doing the job here interphysically. So this is just one side of the the assistance the mm. serenissimus can provide. So, uh, so in but a sense, in... people's
0: mm. in a sense people's thoughts would change, right? That's what you're saying, like. People making critical decisions, and then because of the presence of the Serenissimus, they might access more fraternal thoughts, more positive thoughts, more rational thinking. Yeah. Um, something I, like that.
1: Imagine, imagine if you are in a meeting to try to decide a peace agreement between two countries in war. And one of the persons that are on that table in that discussions have has a huge positive fraternal energy. This is going to change the nature of the discussion of this meeting, and this can affect positively the outcomes of that meeting. You know, mm-hmm. so this person can be the person who delivers the water. The catering is not necessarily the 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 leader, the the you know the mm-hmm. president the or somebody in a political position. You know. So the energy—it's a kind of way to communicate ideas. But let's clarify one important thing: the serenissimus is not able to change minds, but they can uh, uh, create opportunities and provide ideas. And if you are like uh, prone or able to absorb or understand this kind of frequency, or ideas, or new ideas, you can use them, you know, it's all about uh, how open we are to understand and use them. So, uh, you can ask me, Kim, oh, the world is chaotic nowadays, we see a lot of problems, <laughs> what the serenismus have done, because we are not living in a <laughs> organized, <laughs> and yeah, what's going on? So uh, So, that's the point. The Serenissimus, they respect our level of evolution. Mm. Going back to example of the savanna, we cannot prevent the lion from uh attacked, hunt, and kill the zebra. You know? Yeah. This is this is lion's uh nature. So I guess what you're
0: saying, Tony, around um you know, serenism is not stopping us making bad decisions. Is that also why they're not giving us all the answers, you know, helping us cure diseases, end all the wars, giving us the solutions on how to live better on this planet, is that all kind of part of the same deal, that they don't interfere in that way?
1: Yeah, that's true. They don't interfere because they understand and they respect our level of evolutionary Uh, our evolutionary level now. So, for example, uh, we now um, have already uh, evolved in terms of civilization, in terms of society. And uh, perhaps some of these evolutionary steps um, are, um, that are perhaps the serenissimus touch behind of these evolutionary steps in terms of civilization. For example, we now live, most of the countries, in new democracies. We have human rights. We have uh, diplomatic ways of dealing with conflict instead of just making wars. And uh, we live longer. We have the longevity, the science, the medicine uh, has evolved. And now we are able to live without being uh, uh, affected by simple disease. You know, Uh, we can talk about serenissimus and conscientiology and and multiple subjects without being persecuted by dictatorships or or authoritarian regimes in most of the countries. Not all countries, but we have like a freedom of speech. We have libraries. We have internet. We are studying uh, uh, the universe and exploring other planets and even our own consciousness. So I ask you, Kim, where these new ideas came from? From Consensiology perspective, most or some of these ideas are not original. They have already exists in other dimensions, in more uh, evolved communities, extra physically speaking, and even in other planets, more evolved planets. So the Serenissimus, they are able to inspire leaders and people, uh, researchers, uh, philosophers to try to spread these new and fraternal ideas and way of lives for us. But this is something that happens little by little. And uh, they respect this level of uh, maturity we have nowadays instead of force change. Because that's that's not why or how the, the evolution works. Everybody has uh, their own responsibility towards their own evolution. So we cannot change uh, or force anybody to evolve. It's this is uh, your own homework. this is something that you' got to do by yourself. you know So it, this it it goes, is the, hmm? uh,
0: sorry, I was gonna say it goes really to the the nature of our reality then, you know because I know people ask um, uh, I see you know in online forums and stuff, people ask things like, why do I have to go through all this pain and I have so much suffering in my life? you know I just don't I don't want to come back next life. I just want to leave. Or people will say, well, if there are whatever, people don't talk about as normally, but if there are, I don't know, angels or if there's a God or whatever, why don't they, why do they allow all this suffering? Um, and what you're saying is, in a sense, that the suffering is, you know, the struggle, the pain, the growth is
1: the purpose of us being here. No, no at all. I'm saying that now we have... Tools in our hands. We have information. We have technology, and we have options to choose for better ways or pathways mm. instead of suffering. Yes, and I, I
0: understand the beauty of. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Just just to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Like I understand you're saying that we now have much better tools, right? We have much better information, um, but. Uh, in terms of generally the, the process of life, you know, you might say, well, why, does, why do we have to evolve? Why can't the serenismus just say, here are all the answers? Uh, or, you know, whoever people think is the most evolved being, why can't they just say, here are all the answers, live a happy life? And clearly that's not the point. So there must be some purpose for this um, hard work that is life. For most of us
1: yeah and uh, i think the answer for this question is also related to the meaning or the purpose of the life itself why we are here what is the purpose of being uh or uh, reborn in a body uh, live with a family live in a society you know um, why do you need to go back here why do you need to reborn why do you need to live this cycle of lives and deaths for uh, um, millennia, for millions of years, you know? So that's uh, that's a good question. And I, th- I believe that's not a, 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 we don't have a clear answer for that, but I believe the Serenissimus, they uh, reached um, a level of experience that covered basically all human knowledge, all. Imagine, for example, a person who is able to uh, study all subjects, uh, learn and, and be fluent in all languages, uh, get all uh, um, awards in terms of Nobel Prizes, uh, art prizes, Olympic Games, have all intelligence, everything, all experiences you have in life. So that's the serenissimus. But not only that, because you can add that, or you must add into that the experience in terms of para phenomenal, the multidimensionality, the cosmoetics, the sense of fraternity. So this is something that you won't find on the at the universities, at the books, or even uh, in the conventional science or the materialistic science. It's something that you need to learn from. Interacting with other people and help them. So, the assistentiality is also another le- lesson that we learn from the Serenismus because all they do is based on helping other people. They don't think about themselves anymore. The, their ego, their uh, um, all interests are like aside because they are 100% focused on helping the planet and the humanity and saying like, uh, let's say, they are in the last steps of that, this point. Mm. And I, I believe they, they reach a level of experience, they, they know almost everything in, on the earth. And they, they in, in the just last chapters of this journey mm. and going to another level of ev- evolution, a more complex and something that we are not able to understand. Mm. The serenissimus is the limit of the consentiology something that happens after that, it's very hard for us to understand. Even the serenismos, it's very hard because they probably have like cognitive skills or other kinds of intelligences uh, and features that you are not able to to understand and and comprehend in terms of our logics nowadays. So I'm not sure if I answer your questions, but... um, Uh, They respect our freedom of choice and the ability we have to make like choices in our lives. But they also give us or or help us, give us new ideas, new opportunities, new technologies and inspiring people to to move forward. So that's the point. They speed up our evolution. So Mm -hmm. for example, if you live again with a pet at home, you cannot change the instinct of this animal, but the interaction between human and animal can, we, we, we can teach each other. You can be more like empathetic in, term of, in terms of the animal behavior and the animal, perhaps they they can learn something from us. They can even develop new language. You can see online, for example, some animals, they, they can talk, they can use devices, to develop some uh, uh, wording and language to interact with human. So this is a kind of example you can give to understand a bit about the interaction between us and the serenism. Mm.
0: There is uh, uh, one thing you mentioned that I just want to quickly touch on because it's a topic that I feel quite strongly about. You, you talked about how the serenismers um, you know, no longer have an ego. They don't think about themselves. Uh, all their focus is on assistance to others. And uh, I I think it's important to differentiate because I know in many spiritual traditions, uh, including in some very negative and manipulative uh, traditions, that, that tendency in people, that drive to help, that drive to be of assistance can be kind of exploited and people become kind of martyrs where uh, you know it's it's essentially said, if you have any, if you want to set any personal boundaries or you want to create anything for yourself, um, that can be you know shamed and that you're kind of ego driven and that it's spiritually pure to only give, 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 right? Um, so I feel, just feel that's important to differentiate. I'm sure, like what you were saying about the Serenissimus, is that in that case that uh that assistance that continuous flow of assistance comes from an incredibly solid basis of um, self grounding somehow right so it's not it's no martyrdom there's no um suffering in the kind of you know the christian Mm -hmm. theme like jesus died for our sins he went through all the suffering and all that stuff um yeah what do you think about that
1: Yeah, look, you mentioned Jesus. Um, Jesus was not a serenissimus. Uh, We can say that uh, considering uh, the circumstances we know about his life. Uh, One reason, he was not anonymous. He was like a public personality, you know. Of course, there are a lot of like histories and myths created around him, around his Uh, uh, personality, um, all dogma around that, but he was not an an anonymous person. So it makes uh, us to think that he was not uh, uh, serenissimus. And he also showed um, emotional uh, overreactions in some kinds of circumstances of his life. So this is not like a serene uh, personality or way in terms of uh control their own emotions. Um but going back to your, I would your- I
0: would just yeah. say, I mean, I would say about the Jesus thing with the with the emotions. I, I've heard people say this before, you know, and I, I guess I don't know that we really know. For example, his his storming of the whatever it is when he throws the tables over or something. Um mm-hmm. like it's a story we don't really know. And the other thing I I'm curious is whether uh Uh, say someone i'm not saying that Jesus was a serenissimus, right i I totally agree with that but i'm just thinking when we analyze these kind of historic characters we really work with very limited data and when we're talking about consciousnesses that are uh quite evolved even if they're not necessarily serenism um maybe sometimes there is a disconnect between like their their actions are more like performative rather than really you know representing The actual emotional life going on, if you know what I mean,
1: yeah. But look, uh, I I got your point. But what I would like to say is to understand the Serenissimus, let's think about one one, one circumstance. One circumstance, um, imagine that you are able to help a person and uh create a positive impact on this person's life without this person notice your assistance. So if you understand that, you start understanding how the serenissimus work Mm. because they don't want to show their faces. They just want to make things to help people and help not only the humanity, but the ecosystem, Mm. the other species as well, and the all harmony and stability of the whole planet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you do that and in and you don't expect nothing that go back to you in terms yes. of reward, no gratitude, no adoration, instead. no grat- appreciation. Yeah. No, and look, you are like pretty happy, and this is something meaningful for you. So that's the idea of the serenismus. If you think, look, you can, we can go to another extreme point of this spectrum. If you think about the serial killer, the serial killer is a person, is a, a psychopath, is somebody that like make a lot of brutal things without showing his face. So the serenismus is exactly the opposite side of a serial killer because he's not showing his face. But he's doing a positive action, uh, not only for one, but sometimes they are responsible for a country or continents. Mm-hmm. The level that their jurisdiction or in terms of existence uh, is pretty high and, 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 and wide, you know? So when you understand that we can help people without asking for nothing, for no reward or gratitude, that's the point. And extra physically speaking, their job is much more complex because they are behind the scenes of another subject in serenology, which is the extra physical reurbanization. Mm-hmm. You know, this is another like a big thing in terms of you know, the points you are you raising there. Mm-hmm. Uh, our planet now is living or experiencing a kind of, global, uh, worldwide uh, cleaning uh, that a team of serenissimi, a group of serenissimus, and thousands of extra physical helpers have done on the pathological, extra physical dimensions we, we are living in this planet, or we have this planet. So there are billions of extra physical consciousness Uh, in need of assistance in in those dimensions. And these dimensions, they are like around the earth. And uh, these astrophysical consciousness, they are stuck uh, in very old trauma and dramas. They are like uh, intruders, psychotics, animalized consciousness, very primitive consciousness. They are trapped in their own, like, emotional drama and, um, let's say, old-fashioned way of life. And imagine, like, uh, uh, Neanderthal, uh, people from the, the Dark Ages, yes. uh, victims of uh, medieval wars. These all consciousness, they are there. They are living there. They are, and, and these communities are, like, kind of battlegrounds favelas, extra-physical slums, or hells. Yeah, we can use the the mythological idea of hell. So there are a lot of uh, 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 hells polluting our planet nowadays and uh, creating or uh, reinforcing this madness and these pathological things. So the serenissimus, they work behind the scenes uh, uh in uh, interphysical life as a human being, but extraphysically they are doing a kind of reurbanization. They are demolishing these negative communities and rebuilding new extraphysical and more evolved communities. So this is a kind of huge social extra physical work, Imagine the the Serenissimos as a as a mastermind of social work in terms of Earth, <laughs> because <laughs> they go yeah, they go to this they visit these extra physical communities, and they approach these personalities one by one, and then this leads us to the beginning of our discussion when when Professor Valdo saw the Serenissimus visiting São Paulo and he saw a lot of. He saw a lot of consciousness running away from him, you know. And this is a kind of of extra physical task done by this consciousness. So they go there, they visit, and they approach one by one. And they try to rescue this uh, uh, pathological consciousness and send them to hospitals or extra physical shelters, rehabilitations, uh, extra physical organizations in terms of rehabilitations, schools, and and most of these consciousness, they are uh, um, um, uh, re- they are uh, in a process of of return to life here with mm. us, and uh, these uh, this consciousness they are um, uh, living now with us, and they are seen for the very first time. Uh, in, for centuries, uh, things like medication, schools, computers, electricity, democracy, human rights, you know, all the things we, we mentioned before. Mm. So this creates, for their um, point of view, a positive catalysis and impact on their evolution. So look, the serenews, they don't only help us to create new ideas, for example, the human rights, but they rescue consciousness that are suffering for extra physical lack of human rights and put them here to experience a new life. So when you see from this perspective, you understand that the reason of us to be here in this life with this body, with this animalized body, with this instinct... Uh, it has a meaning. It has the meaning of us to see new things as well and to interact uh, with different levels of evolutionary Mm. uh, 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 consciousness, you know what I mean? Yes, because we can't do
0: that extra physically, right? Extra physically, we're kind of largely uh, surrounded by people of the same, uh, more or less the same level, right, the same frequency.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Mm. And here, the evolutionary biodiversity creates the possibility of us to speed up the process so yes. these personalities that they can choose to be like to repeat the same thing things they have done in the past for century for centuries or go ahead and try to to experience a new life you know it's this is like putting neanderthal populations in our contemporary world so imagine that. So this is very positive, and you, and you see the the consequences and the implications of this reurbanization now, the urbanizations nowadays. When you see, for example, all social problems we have now: the superpopulation, the mega cities, unemployment, the the pollution, the climate change, uh, all like social chaos you have nowadays in the modern or the contemporary era, these are uh, at the end of the day, some uh, impacts and after effects or side effects of this extra physical uh, re-urbanization. Mm. So from our point of view, these can be negative. Most of people can think, oh, our, our road is, is going crazy. Uh, where Be- because there when, is when? a lot of
0: there is a lot of crazy seeming consciousness right there are uh, i mean you were talking before about all the advances that we've made uh, which is true but it also looks if you look at some of the things that are happening in the US and in many parts of the world in fact with the way there are uh, anti-democratic forces really retrograde kind of medieval yeah. say- seeming belief systems that are coming back to the fore that all kind of makes sense from this reorganization perspective, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it seems that we are walking or you are going back to the past. but it's exactly the opposite. We are going ahead. We are moving forward. and we are creating like the the interphysical scenario for this extra physical pathological consciousness mm. coming here and experience a new kind of world, you know? And this will be a a age, era of extremes. You see, for example, we have people like Taliban people living in the same world that we have now, astronauts exploring uh, Mars, you know, other planets. Uh, uh, Astronomers studying Black holes in the universe, and you see people living in caves nowadays mm. in Africa, or, 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 or in, or Canada, in the world. And is flat. The... Yeah, so these extremes, uh, these these huge gaps you have in, in the humanity, this is uh, a side effect of the reurbanization. Mm. And look, this is the big task that the Serenissimo, uh have done for century. For example, the unification. Of uh, continents. You see now, for example, w- one of the hypotheses of the conscientology is that there was a, a Serenissimus living in Germany uh, in the, um, uh, just before, just after, sorry, the, the Second World, World War. And uh, after that, we saw the reunification or the consolidation of the European Union, you know and look the europe lived for centuries in war and now at the end of this the last century we saw the unification of that country now we are seeing a, another war in europe and the intention of do a kind of fragmentation again uh, the neo nazi movement in europe so this is all about reunif- uh, this is all about uh, uh, reorganization you know so um, this process is happening now in Earth, on Earth, and um, the Serenismus are behind of these uh, assistance. Mm-hmm. We are like not no aware about that, but we can not, like be part of this huge assistential task by start studying this and starting developing our parapsychism. And understand it a bit more. How can you be? How can you be like useful and and work alongside this this consciousness, this evolved consciousness?
0: Well, that that really okay. leads me to my to to the sort of the final set of questions, which is how how do we study uh, somebody or you know a set of a set of uh, people, human and constant, intraphysical and extraphysical who very deliberately want to stay anonymous and who work at such a extensive scale, you know, how do we go about exploring and studying? And then you mentioned um, the Serenissimus from Germany, like, how was that, how was that uh, person identified? And, and yeah, how how are they identified? And maybe, maybe get to that later, but who, you know, what, what other ones do we know of?
1: Well, look, the the conventional science is not, or is still not able to prove the theory of the Homo sapiens serenissimus. Uh, We cannot prove it by using traditional methods and uh, we cannot see the serenissimus by using traditional tools or scientific tools. The only tool we have now to access and see uh, this reality is by applying out of the body techniques. So everybody is able to apply to study, for example, the projectology science, and apply techniques uh, to leave the body, to leave the the physical body, to see other realities, to travel to other dimensions and to see the universe that exists beyond our interphysical life. And when we start seeing other dimensions or extra physical dimensions, uh, soon or later, we are going to see and face the serenism reality. This is a matter of time. So I would say, Kim, that the main tool, the main method to study and getting in contact and see and interview and understand more the the serenissimus is uh, via or using projectology using the out of the body experiences. So that's that's the main reality. I, I, I would. And I mean,
0: I, I you know I can understand it in theory. Like it makes sense, right? The the serenissimus is most visible, I guess, extra physically, right? The energies the the evolutionary processes, perhaps. But I, um, you know, I've, I've read quite a lot of um, OBE literature uh, by different authors, and I don't know that I've come across very many, even, even um, uh, extensive projectors that necessarily describe, um, you know, consciousnesses that we would think, oh, that, that might be externissimus. So, even then, it seems to be not that straightforward.
1: Look, uh, I, there are some um, narratives in history that projectors uh, um, left on some chapters of the history in terms of contact with more evolved consciousness. You can see, for example, the Swedenborg, Emmanuel Swedenborg uh, uh, narratives. Um, he had contacts with this kind of realities, but uh, he also developed the Swedenborg syndrome. He also <laughs> overreacted and became like a person who start developing beliefs and dogma and religions, thoughts about that. So that that's why it's very hard, and I understand your, your point, in terms of that's not straightforward. We are not ready, most of them, most, most of us, not ready for that yet uh but i I mean i think i
0: think many of us would find it like for example the very common experience that people have with near-death experiences is some all loving seeming being of light Uh, you know people give it different descriptions often depending on their cultural background Mm -hmm. um but i suppose the the natural human assumption would be when we experience that kind of love and we experience that kind of a fraternity and just peace that is often described well, that must be a serenissimus, but yes. I, I would say that probably there are all kinds of levels, all kinds of beings before that that when they're extra physical can emanate that kind of you know, that kind of energy just at different scales,
1: yes. And, and look, and even people that experience near that experiences. Like um, people the, the survival of, uh, survivors of uh, the death, uh, we, which is a kind of out of the body experience, uh, a traumatized sometimes out of- the body experience, but sometimes it's pretty positive because these people they they re- rethink about their lives, they, they do a revolution and recycle their own lives. Some people that experience this near death near, near death experience, they saw this, Uh, beings, these helpers, and most or some narratives from this experience are pre-related and linked to the Serenissimus' uh, characteristics, you know? So, uh, we are a kind of detectives. The Serenology is a kind of CSI of Mm Conceintology. We are doing a kind of investigation and we also use a kind of uh, uh, um, criminology techniques to try to find them, to try to, to, to follow the fingertips of the serenissimus. So it's a tricky uh, science, it's a tricky field, and it is not easy. I would say that one of the, the first steps for, uh, if, if somebody who is listening to us and would like to understand a bit more, uh, the Serenism theory, you start studying, start getting in contact with these ideas. Um, there is a book, The Seven, uh, 700 Consentiology Experiments, or um, a book from, from Professor Valdo Vieira, and the final chapters of this book in English um, explains the basis of this theory. It's interesting to read and study and reflect about that. And the simple fact you do that uh, um, help the researcher to get in contact with this level of understanding or more complex idea. Mm -hmm. And a technique we can try as well, Kim, is uh, uh, study the Serenismus theory by, by reviewing the literature about that and um, visit a national park. That's a technique I create a couple of months ago. You go to a national park and uh, think about the serenissimus and uh, imagine that you are the ranger of this national park. Imagine that you are a serenissimus in that environment and start looking at the wildlife, the pace of the nature, the details, for example, the ants on the ground, the fish on the lake, the clowns, the natural energy, and what would be your responsibility towards this environment? So if you start thinking from this perspective, this can give you some insights about how the Serenissimus uh, works and operates in terms of uh this evolutionary level you know and it's why would you path.
0: it's a it's a beautiful technique i can see how that would feel it would be such a nice experience and i'm curious at the same time why you would pick a national park and let's say you know sit in a in a town square where there is the human life taking place around you uh, you know why would you choose a national mm-hmm. park rather than that
1: because it's easy for you to sustain a serenity state of mind in a national park, which is pretty similar to the serenissimus state of mind, Mm -hmm. instead of uh, uh, a metropolis or a urban area. The next level of this technique is, you can try this in a very busy city, you know, Mm -hmm. but from us uh, to start doing that, it's interesting to, to combine the multiple characteristics of the serenissimus By going to a place like that, because Mm -hmm. from the animal's perspective of that park, you are an anonymous person. And from your uh, experience, you can develop more evolved and serene, calm, uh, fraternal uh, feelings and and even expand your energies easily in the national park. But uh, uh, a suggestion in doing that is going super earlier in the morning because it's calmer the temperature is better, it's all calmer. So it reproduces what's happening uh, inside of the serenissimus mind, uh, and it can be a a good technique. And after that, at night, you can go back to your place or uh, the place you are there, you know, rest and try to work with your energies and try to connect with the serenissimus. So th- this is a simple technique, mm. you know? And after that, you can try in a different or, or do or ex- experiment variations of this technique. Mm. But this is the simple idea. Try to reproduce, try to simulate uh, the life of a serenismus in 24 hours in one day and try to think uh, from the serenismus perspective in 24 hours. So, uh, but if you if you do not study uh, firstly, about the theory, it's very hard to get insights about uh, how big and how wide uh, and complex they are. So that that kind of what you just outlined really helps us
0: un- get into the thocene of the Serenisms, right, to try and get a like an embodied feeling um, so we can better understand what it would be like um, to operate at that kind of a level. But I'm curious in terms of, uh, uh, and from what I, you know, when we spoke um, some well, so before this interview, the conversation that even triggered the idea, you mentioned that you were researching uh, serenism and also trying to locate, right, locate um, serenism. So how would you, how do you go about that? What kind of research do you do to go, okay, now I want to find out, you know, is there serenismus in my area, in my neighborhood, in my state, in my country, whatever scale? I don't know how how many. Actually, that's a good question. How many are we looking for? You know, is there one in a hundred, one in a thousand, one in a million? Like, yeah.
1: Well, these are very good questions, and we don't have all answers so far. According to Professor Waldo Vieira, there are uh, around. 100 serenissimus living on earth nowadays. So this uh, demography gives us an idea about how rare and how difficult it is to spot them. And uh, don't worry if you are living far or close to a serenissimus because they are, um, their jurisdiction or they are like, uh, able to reach every corner on Earth. So they are everywhere in terms of energy. It doesn't matter. You can be uh, in an international space station, and even there, you can connect to the Holotus scene of the Serenissimus. It doesn't matter if you are in the middle of a desert. It doesn't matter if you are in a big city. So uh, the point is, The important is the the mental and the parapsychic connection we are able to do with this consciousness. So that's the main point. But look, in terms of geography, or if you want to map exactly where they are in in terms of Earth, if you could put uh, points on Google Maps to find them, I would say that first, they are or they tend to live Close to geochakras, which means they try to or they tend to live or they tend to be based on places on Earth that are um, hotspots of uh, natural sources of energies. So imagine, for example, a place with a huge forest of uh, or a huge. Uh, volcanic activity or uh, with a cyclone uh, um, area or, or, or uh, country mm-hmm. or, or the combinations of all these kinds of energies, uh, geo energies, which means the energies from the ground, uh, hydro energies, oceans, rivers, You know, um, if you go to some places, especially touristical places, you can see and you can feel in the atmosphere something different. I'm not saying about the touristic or cultural uh, aspect. I'm saying about the energy of that Mm -hmm. place. So some places are more energized, more like they are stronger in terms of energy than others. And the, the serenissimus, they use, they collect this uh, energies to do their job. It's a kind of uh, 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 material or ingredient for them to do these re uh, re-urbanizations. So we can see from uh, Vieira's uh, research, he mapped some kind of personalities, some serenissimus around the world. For example, uh, we mentioned the the urbanizator which is one of them who has lived in Germany, close to the Switzerland bo- uh, uh, boundary? The so the frontier. Border. Yeah, yeah. One there, another close to uh, Montauk Bay in the United States. Uh, this one we call the um, the Eskimo, which is the Inuit in English. Uh, uh, a fisherman. He's a fisherman, and he has connection to cyclones and the aero energy. And he works to sustain diplomatic and uh, peaceful uh, works li- related to the, to the Washington and the United States and Mexico area, you know. Uh, in Latin America, we have Australinos, which is another one. He lives in the province of Cordoba. Uh, uh, close to the mountains, uh, the Andes Mountains. And he has connections to the Spanish culture. And he also works in terms of the politics and diplomatics uh, in the Latin America region. So the Antarctica as well. He has connections to the Antarctica. Um, in, in, in China, we had Serenissimus there related to the Chinese culture So they are everywhere. They are in multiple places. There are some researchers uh, um, suggesting the existence of serenissimus in Africa. And even here in Australia, close to the Great Barrier Reef, uh, because of the the connections to the ocean and the cultures related to the uh, old populations that Uh, and live in the islands in the Pacific, you know? So uh, it's all about your own experiences. We don't want to like impose or suggest this theory in terms of a dogma. Uh, We don't want to prove that, that we we are not uh, concerned about or worry about uh, having like proofs or physical proof of that. We are just suggesting this as a possibility and think, Kim you have the anthropologist background uh you you study the evolution of human being and the theory the theory of the homo sapiens serenismus is a big challenge for uh, uh researchers from anthropology paleontology biology even psychology this is going to change everywhere if you, uh, everything and everywhere if you consider the existence of more evolved human beings which is our future you know mm. but our future nowadays right now so that, that's the big point of the theory you know uh, and also uh,
0: when you bring it with you bring in those those studies of the past as well um would you say would you does the theory suggest um that there was always homo sapiens serenism um on this planet uh, or are they a result of millennia of evolution of consciousness in human form? Or did they already come from other planets or something already in this
1: this state? According to Professor Vieira, they come from other planets because our planet is a brand new planet for Serenissimus. Um, To become a Serenissimus, it takes like millennia or millions, billions of years. So it's something that um, is not possible to do in the um, uh, short existence of Earth. So most of the serenissimus we have here are for from hypotheses. They are from other planets. But look, perhaps for the first time, this planet will have uh, its own uh, human uh, serenissimus. So we can label them the serenismos made by earth. So they are from here. Um, so that's why the reurbanization is taking place here to speed up the process. But look, the, the, the positive side of this, this history is we are at the last uh, laps or, or chapters of this journey. We are not like birds, uh, apes, insects, Bacteria anymore. We are human beings. We have a brain, and we have in our brain potentials and skills that are not uh, being utilized. We not we we do not operate these these potentials. So we have a brain. Uh, we have a serenissimus brain. It's just about to use it. You know, it's just about to make the choice of start speeding up our evolution. To live instincts, to live uh, primitive emotions, to live immature behaviors, uh, to put all this aside, you know, and prioritize what is most important for us, which is uh, learn about ourselves, understand about our consciousness, and um, um, try to domain and control our own emotions instead of being victim of our instincts you know mm. so this is the challenge of this theory this is not a theoretical theory this is a practical challenge the conscientiology it's a science that uh, invites you to study yourself and make changes in yourself mm. by uh, applying techniques uh, as i mentioned before so it's all about put the theory in practical in actions Yes. To make our life better, healthier, and more meaningful. So that, that's the message of of the the serenissimus theory. Uh, at the end of the day,
0: mm. yeah, I like that. And I and I think uh, you know, as you, if you want to grow and if you want to overcome, you know, old traits, weak traits, and turn them into strong traits, um, it's very helpful to know to have a model to have a goal that we're working towards. And that's also the vision I'm getting, you know, why it's why it's good to why why it could be helpful for us to study about serenissimus and to understand what it is like to be in that state because it gives us something to to work towards, um, even if it's not going to happen in this lifetime or the next lifetime. But those are big, it's a big picture vision, right? It's a, it's a, it's like a focusing our consciousness on a on in that in that direction of
1: north, of the, the serenissimus. Exactly, that's an excellent point, Kim. The serenissimus is a goal, it's a model for us because we will be serenissimus in the future. Believing or not, uh, agreeing or disagreeing, it doesn't matter, this is our future. It's uh, the nature of our evolution. We cannot change that. Uh, We have done this for billions of years. And now we have the chance for the first time to understand the next steps or of or our evolution. And as you said, the Serenism is the model, is the most like uh, advanced and uh, um, understandable in some ways uh, models of our uh, human evolution. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to to leave it. I think, as you said at the beginning, it might have left people with more questions than answers. But that's a good place because that sets you up for um, for some research and for exploration and for making your own discoveries. And uh, and I like to just remind people of that that technique that you mentioned of going to the national park or some other beautiful sort of nature area. Uh, I, I can really see even if you know, if people, if you might struggle to connect actually with the serenissimus, but just those practices that you mentioned about really becoming present to the big picture of uh, the complexity of of the system that we are a part of, the system of nature, um, is very, uh, helps us uplift, you know, our sanity, our thoughts and our emotions. Um, and I would like to ask Tony at the end: Is there anything that you'd like to say as final words, or any 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 I don't know any websites, anything that you um, would like to let people know about to look at?
1: Yeah, I just would like to recommend uh, the book of Professor Vieras, the Seven Hundred Experiments. Yeah. Uh, of Consentiology. And I'll I'll put uh, a
0: link to that actually in the show notes because I, I know there is a PDF version available online, so there'll be a link to that um, that you can access. Yes,
1: that, that's true. And uh, I think this is a good start point for those who want to understand a bit more about the theory. There are a lot of Consentiology resources online we can study, not only about the serenissimus, but evolutionary steps that are closer to us, because said, it's a bit far from us in relation to other evolutionary levels. So we can see a kind of uh uh degrees or 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 milestones in terms of evolutionary, and conscientiology has a lot of resources. So yeah, it's it's out there. We we cannot uh, we can uh, put this online and and <clears throat> and people can access that uh, for free um, in, in, even in English, most of the literature, literature uh, is unfortunately in Portuguese. Uh, there are people that are working on translating these to in, into English. Um, but um, yeah in, in regards to the serenismus, the 700 experiments is the, the biggest uh, uh, source in English we can find, mm-hmm. okay? And um, well, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity uh, to share in sharing these these ideas. And um, yeah, I'm more than happy to 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 try to answer new questions. But as you said, at the end of the day, we uh, have more uh, doubts and questions that proper answers. But I think that's the, the spirit of science. And that the spirit of Serenology. I really hope you got some value out of today's episode.
0: If you did, why not leave a positive review on iTunes and share it on social media to help others find it? The tune Seeing Us Out is another one from Axel Teslev. This one is called Akasha. You can find more information about today's guest on my website, multidimensionalevolution.com, including any links to their work and their contact details. On my website, you'll also find my blog and information and reviews about my book, Multidimensional Evolution, which you can purchase in any good bookstore if you want to show your love for this show and get practical info for your own exploration of consciousness finally please get in touch whether it is to ask questions share experiences or suggest guests and topics i always love hearing from people as i believe it is through sharing with each other that we can all grow together until then or until you tune in again i am sending you my very best energies